Remember, you are listening to WLPN, LP Chicago, 105.5 FM, Lumpen Radio, and you are listening to What's Up, Black Lives Matter edition. Today's show is in honor of all the Black lives that have been taken by the police. Next, we're going to be discussing more about social media and how you can incorporate art with making awareness. So right now, if you could please introduce yourselves, right? Oh, hi, I'm Ash. And hi, I'm Emmanuel. So, Ash, we have a question for you. So we know you've been very political and like just spreading awareness of what's going on. So if you could just like further tell us what you've been doing and how you've been helping out with this. Uh, yeah, on my social media page, I've been sharing a lot of resources that I think are helpful to other people. And I'm also doing donation commissions to help raise funds for Black Lives Matter organizations. Um, and today I talked to my friend Chantel Alonso, who is another artist that is taking part in the Black Lives Matter movement through social media. So let's listen to it. Today we will be having a conversation with Chantel Alonso at Mishi Pico on Instagram a young artist that will be sharing her thoughts and experiences regarding the Black Lives Matter movement on social media. Thank you for being with us today. How does your art play a role in activism? Um, so throughout history, art has been used as a way to express one's inner thoughts and it reflects very well the political climate at that moment. I think that um, I am very lucky to have a voice and skill. I'm very lucky to have a skill that's able to like amplify my voice in these things. Yeah. Uh, what kind of art do you make or focus on on your social media? Um, material-wise, I usually I'm focusing more on digital art because it's what gets more people's attention. Um, but topic-wise, I lean towards more of it illustrations and storytelling uh narratives just things that like focus on people uh specifically in your art that you create what symbolism do you use to express your beliefs like some reoccurring themes or some reoccurring imagery in your art i feel like i'd have to like go on my instagram page for that um i just oh um, what I mainly do is that I look into the background of a topic, and if I'm making one illustration about it, I look into how many aspects I can include in the piece without making it too busy or overwhelming it. Just, like, the things that make it, like, stand out the most and the things that I want to get the most across. As an artist, in what ways have you been using your social media account to spread awareness about Black Lives Matter? whether I was an artist or not, just having uh, an Instagram account or like a Snapchat account alone and the ability to repost um, information and quotes and videos is very, um, I find very like substantial. Additionally, as, as my position as an artist, it's also um, a duty to repost and elevate black creators and black artists on my platform in relation to my uh, stuff. And what message do you hope your followers will take away from the resources that you have been sharing? 
this is happening right now and we have a say in it we've read our history books we've watched our movies and it's time that we like actually have a say in what happens and use all this knowledge that we have to push um you know push society for the better in in a way what kind of post have had the most impact on you or is there a post in particular that stands out with its powerful message i so this is what um actually my most recent instagram post uh focuses on i saw a couple of videos um of that really old um martin luther king video of that quote oh, right is a language of the unknown and was it and what is it that america has failed to hear and on top of that his uh son's tweets on twitter it's just it's like you it's crazy to believe that history continues itself that like, something so long ago would be still be so relevant now and i i'm very interested in history and just seeing this like connection and how we're like we're in a position where we're playing a part of it it's like it's crazy uh what was your initial reaction to the blackout tuesday hashtags and how did your view evolve as you learn more information um so i woke up like fairly later in the in the afternoon and it took me a bit aback because I was planning to post something that day, but um, I learned to understand that it was like a moment to like step down. Um, I posted the black screen just as everyone else did. And throughout the day, I received information about how um, we shouldn't flood the main hashtags, how um, it's not a time to log off, but a time to amplify. And, um, I was able to tell others like don't use the hashtag don't like like flood the important hashtags um with just black screens uh, what further action can people take beyond these hashtags say to someone who posted this posted the blackout tuesday screen but hasn't done anything else Oh my goodness, if you're only posting a Blackout Tuesdays um, screen, it, this is not a trend. It's something that you should be actively paying attention to because this is right now. Um, I was actually talking to a friend about it and he's like, because he's like a, you know, like very privileged, like white male. And it's he's like, well, I'm uncertain because I don't really use my social medias that much. But like, we have a platform and we should be able to use it no matter how many followers you have there will be someone who sees it and sees you it's very much more dangerous to stay silent during a time like this even if you share information um that's like very vital in like possibly helping someone like helping others out i was very proud to see my friend like finally reposting information and i was like you go <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what would you say to encourage others on the importance of educating themselves on the issue? Knowledge is a very vital power that we have right now. Um, un understanding the full context of the situation is very important. Um, 
saying things like, oh, I would like to understand both aspects right now. Sure, that's understandable. But um, being on the cop side, like, that's not really, like, I wouldn't find that a, a solid point seeing the context historically um, of this movement. Um, beforehand. So I think it's very important that you learn about the situation before, like, having a solid stance on it. Um, what can other creatives do to help the movement and educate their followers? Use your platform as much as you can. I cannot <laughs> stress enough about that. Um, it is a very important time to elevate Black creators and voices. But as I mentioned before, using your skill is very vital too in like sharing things in like maybe in an an aesthetically pleasing way or just like sharing like info and art and like things that like let others know that like you're there and you're supporting them. Why do you think it is important to participate in this movement, especially for youth? I mean... It's happening right now. Um, like all of this, the youth has a very important role um, in social media and like in educating their families. And like we basically, like we basically, we like are the future. Uh, so it's very important that we can set a society up in the future where we don't face these same like hindrances and like like all these like negatives. Hopefully, I'm answering the full question. Good. good. Um, what other mediums, maybe besides digital art, uh, do you use to spread your message? Well, one method, um, it's not necessarily like digital art, but one method that a lot of artists are doing, and hopefully I could jump on at some point, are like uh, digital commissions. Firstly, they attract the eyes from like, they attract the eyes like to getting art. Um, but they also have the intention of spreading the message of, like, these organizations that, like, need money or, like, you know, like, organizations that you can help out and such and such. Um, in what ways can people continue to utilize their creative outlet to be active in their communities, even after the hashtag stop trending? Just, oh, um, here's a way, um... Just like, continue creating art and like diversifying your um the topics of your art and like the people in your art to like um like we're seeing more of this in the media but like inclusion and uh, just the like, letting others know that like you're there and you're there for them. How can individuals use their strengths and resources to support the common cause and BLM movement? So how everyone has like a lane that they can participate in and there are different ways to be active. Well, like what advice can you give to people about that? Yes, of course. Um like I is one skill that um I previously elaborated on, but really having like participating in activism is using the skills and like using what you have the most knowledge of and applying that to the situation and updating it to like what society is right now. Um, I have a friend 
um i've seen things online where people would write um and you would donate to um like you would pay them and then they would write something for you and then they donate the money or um like i've seen people use the knowledge of first aid to create like infographics and websites and like update others how they could help just like any knowledge that can be used to support the movement is is knowledge it's great that's all the questions i have for you today jerry do you have something to add on yeah that's a great question um i cannot emphasize enough how important it is to use your voice no matter your position no matter like you um like how many followers you have and such you do have one and whether that goes to educating your family or to educating your friends to educate to like sending emails to politicians you have such like a a powerful um power by itself by like having a voice and like being able to like share and such thank you for speaking on your artist perspective on the black lives matter movement yes thank you and we are back wow that was amazing but ash i want to ask you and melissa a little bit about let's get more in depth with social media and how your art can be expressed through social media and how we use these platforms for art and so much more. Um, so, our, so Ash, I know you had mentioned earlier that you like to share um, some of your art using social platforms. And recently you have been using Instagram to, to raise awareness on the BLM movement, but also um, to, ha- to promote people to donate to different different um, Black Lives Matter movements, organizations. So could you tell me what kind of inspired you or what like made you want to do that? Um, Well, I think that this is kind of a conversation that no one should be scared of having and everyone should like be participating in it no matter how small of a platform or how large of a platform you have. So I don't know, I thought it was important for me to be a part of this conversation and not be afraid of how uncomfortable it may be. And just art is a way that I can contribute to the movement. For sure, for sure. And so what? let's talk a bit more um, about the social platforms that we're using. What you guys think is, you know, the most effective way to use these resources that are available to us. What are some of the social medias that you guys are using at the moment to be advocates and to be activists? Personally, since I don't really promote myself as an artist on social media or anything on that. So what what I'm doing most is feel like, you know, like I'm helping out is um sh- like sharing petitions on either Facebook or Instagram or just putting up news and hopefully other people see it and like j- just become known on it. Cause then I know I don't have a very big following, but you know what? It's like, you know, I can still help. Like, I know my other friends, once they see my story, they also share it out. So I know, like, the voice is getting, like, you know, people are sharing it, so they're becoming more aware on it. And on Facebook, I know that I've, I have preached a lot about um, Black Lives Matter, but also, like, the CPD um, problem that is going on in schools. I know I've been, like, very, like, active on signing petitions and a lot of, like, surveys and all that. So... I think that's also important, even if you don't have like a big following, 
your friends and like your family can still see it and they can still voice your opinions on it and just spread more awareness on it. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent agree with you. I think um, it's so important, like I mentioned, to use like these platforms that we have, no matter how big, no matter how small we feel, because, you know, every single individual, one of us, our voice matters. And I also tend to think, you know, no matter how small you think your following is or, you know, your social circle is, I feel, you know, what if there's other people out there like that are within your your circle that, you know, may follow you on these on these medias, but don't really follow any other people that are that are speaking up. And so, you know, some people might not be as informed as like, you know, crazy it might be to think like, oh, are you like living under a rock? Like, (laughs) do you not know what's going on? But, you know, it's great to think, um, you know, what if other people aren't seeing the messages that I'm seeing? So it's all about, you know, communicating and passing on information that, you know, if you put yourself in the mindset that um, everybody's informed, that's how I think maybe nobody gets informed. Um, it's really important to, you know, always speak up and to to, to not just um, be silent in moments like these. What do you think about this, Mar? Uh, yeah, I think social media is like a great tool for education in these times, especially since like Black people don't responsible for educating us we need to use our resources and take the steps to educate ourselves our friends our families and social media is just like a really good tool for that to do that efficiently oh yeah and so what would you say is i know you mentioned melissa some of the things that you have been posting on facebook and in regards to different social medias that we're using and what's the most effective way to use them um i would say you know uh, me within my social circle, I would say Facebook is, you know, a, re- a really good way that I see things like, um, you know, bigger links to, I guess, articles or anything like that. It's really good for that. And also, you know, Facebook is always, you know, posting the events that are happening and a good way to keep um, updated and aware about what's going on around you. Um, and with Instagram, I see a lot of, you know, it's really good with uh, Insta story to see what people can repost and definitely, you know, since we're in the modern era of technology, um, hashtag has become like, uh, I guess as annoying as it could be sometimes is a really good way to, um, to spread resources and information and like a fast way for people to, I guess, find what they're looking for, but also, I guess you could say not what they're looking for. So if you, you know, just look up hashtag BLM or Black Lives Matter, it can put you onto so much more. I would also say that personally for me, I use Twitter for information, which is probably oh, not like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I, I choose to like think it's like the most unbiased, but also it can be very biased, but I get my information on Twitter or whatever. I see some things on Instagram, I either repost it or like whatever I got from Twitter, I either share it on Facebook or on Instagram. And like that usually seems to work for me. So yeah. For sure. And I think Twitter is always like, like, I think you, you really were spot on with it's not biased, but biased at the same time. But I feel like Twitter is where people are the bravest because it's always where, you know, the controversies start up. But yeah. um, it's a, it's a, it's a great platform because I feel like, you know, I guess Facebook was not was the Twitter, but, you know, they're similar as um, where 
you know, you can share your voice, you know, not necessarily you like with an image, but you can share a message, you know, through writing or through a, through a little like body of writing. And so yeah. Twitter has definitely like taken over Facebook in that in that sense that, you know, you can share your message through a body of writing. And um, you always see on Twitter, like both sides of the story, like you can definitely see some like batter sides, but you know, the good always shows up on there and you can also always like um, keep updated in what's trending on Twitter. And like a question I would have for all of you guys is like, what, what do you guys think is like the right thing to post or like, or like when's the right time to pro post? Like, well, like in general, what's appropriate? Like what can you share and what can you not? I definitely think like in times like now we, I think it's all about finding our, our talents and our strengths and what can like make the best, the best domino effect and what can create the most change. Um, and that's definitely, um, something that's specific to every individual. You know, we find ourselves maybe if we're more on the shy end, like, Ooh, should I post a black square? Like, should I be reposting hashtag black lives matter? And I think it's all about like where people's heart is at and your intentions. Definitely. It's not the time to stay quiet about these matters, but it, it, it's not about, it's not, it's also not about staying on trend. Like this ain't that we should be using um, our resources to the fullest extent. And like I said, what, what can create the most, the most change. Like if you have a big social platform, perfect use that to your advantage but let's say necessarily you don't or that's not your strength like there's so many other things you can do where like you know if you don't have the platform girl you got the money if you don't got the money you have you have different things that you can you can provide to keep pushing um the cause and the movement uh i also wanted to add on that we shouldn't be scared of making mistakes or saying the wrong thing the best thing that we can do is kind of stay updated or informed and be willing to learn from our mistakes. So rather than feeling bad about posting just a black screen and not doing anything else, I think it's important to like take more action, more steps beyond it, or maybe even take down the post if you have changed your views about it and you learn more. Yeah, totally. <laughs> And so uh, another question I have for you all is, what do you think about, you know, it, there's definitely so many questions that we can, we've been asking ourselves, you know, as individuals, as, as, you know, one person, but when it comes to, I guess you can say bigger organizations, corporations, you know, bigger bodies of people, not just, um, you know, your own Instagram or whatnot. Do you think that, um, and we're seeing a lot of questions and controversies with this do you think that bigger corporations and organizations you know especially organizations that are local and serve black and brown communities do you think they have some sort of like obligation to spread the word and use their platforms to support blm so i do think that organizations have like they should be promoting stuff because one, if they work for the community, they should serve for the community. So they should be spreading awareness of what's happening and making a light and any injustice that is happening. Personally, I have like a very iffy thing with celebrities right now that um, I kind of see, like I see them like retweeting stuff or stuff. Like, I don't know, like I don't want to see you 
in a in the beach like you have like thousands of followers you have millions of followers and like you can't even like spread awareness of the issue like it's it's just very and also it's also a thing that where celebrities are kind of getting they use this movement in order for them to get like not sympathy but also get gratitude for what they're doing and it's nothing you should be it's something you should have been doing before of that you know before that so it's a very iffy thing for me but like for organizations i do think it's important for them to voice whatever opinions and use their power to represent a community because if they serve for the community then they should do their work that's how i personally feel on this yeah and some organizations may be hesitant to speak up because they fear making a controversial statement but black lives matter should not be controversial at all because it's talking about human lives and human rights which aren't up to debate whatsoever and just like going on to that topic like i'm curious to know what your like thought is about like those black squares or like that have been trending and all that um i think they definitely started with good intentions but there was just like a lot of misinformation and just different opinions on it um i definitely think that just posting the black square isn't enough it isn't genuine activism it's more performative and doesn't contribute to a larger picture of change that we need in our society totally and so guys um what do we think about you know everything that's that's trending um, on many social platforms, you know, from from the black square to to the K-pop stands to you know all all the all the Karens blowing up. What do we think? I think that I owe K-pop stands an apology because they've been doing God's work, and I don't, honestly, it's the best thing I've ever seen. They keep me so entertained. So I don't know if anyone knows about this but um basically k-pop stands have been um like bombarding either the police or any white supremacist group that's been using like a certain hashtag on twitter and they've been flooding all of their feed with like fan cans and like just k-pop stuff which is like basically blocking every like any negativity that's going around any like systematic like oppression that they've like they're spewing out to the public and yeah, honestly, they're just doing God's work. And I know, for example, and the Dallas police, um, they've made an app to like kind of like report any protester that has been doing anything illegal or like illegal in their eyes. And the K-pop stands or K-pop community or whatever, they've been flooding also that app with a bunch of fan cams. And they and the I know the police had to cancel, like had to delete their app because of like the app crashed because of like all these fan cams and I personally think it's like the best thing I could ever like see. A blessing. And that's like the perfect example of you using what you're best at to to create change. Um, because yeah. if we know anything about a K-pop stand, it's that, you know, they they um they're they're big in numbers and they are like the masters at controlling the media and social media and like what they people are consuming on these platforms you know they they have forever and probably will forever um you know be the the kings of flooding hashtags into topics with kind of changing the narrative i guess you could say and yeah they're just doing god's work and i respect that support that i encourage that we're with that yes (laughs) 
And I think it's really cool that a lot of these groups or subcultures that usually fight online and stuff are coming together for the good of everyone. Like, I think it's also very beautiful to see that even like 14 year old girls are doing more than like any four year old like person who's already in power and they're doing nothing to promote or like spread awareness. But these 14 year old girls are doing more than you. That's embarrassing. And that like, says a lot. I see, I see like all the TikTok posts at first, people, you know, started canceling TikTok. You know, that wasn't it. But again, as um, a very like huge, blowing up uh growing in numbers social platform you know last year two years ago tiktok wasn't a thing or something that everyone had and now since it's like the biggest thing um it's a great thing that these these like little white girls are like repping uh the movement and using their platforms to you know like i said um share within their social circle and people that might not see it otherwise I mean, to conclude everything, it's like the best thing I've ever seen. I love this type of represent, not representation, just like teamwork. It's, it's really nice. Like everyone has a part, even the K-pop stands. They all have their part. Totally. I totally agree, Melissa. And, you know, um, I know that Nine, you had, you know, a little bit of a different perspective and point of view um, than what Melissa was just saying a few seconds ago. And, you know, as being someone that, you know, has taken a little bit of time off of social platforms and social media, like, could you tell me just a bit about your perspective? Yeah, so basically, um, I came back to social media, like, when the pandemic started, and I just had it there, like, I wasn't following anyone or anything yet, I didn't know how to come back to it. Um, but, um, yeah, when when I started following like um, organizations or like people who were advocating for the movement, that was the first thing I started doing when um, when everything started happening. I'm like, oh, I have social media now. Like, what can I find? What resources can I find? And one of the things that helped me a lot was um, how people that I have on social media, because I also have a Snapchat, um, they were posting like what was in front of them in real time. So like if someone was in like Little Village, what's going on there? Or if someone was downtown, what's going on there? And then that's also one of the things that drove me to um, not give up on making it to the protest on Saturday because um, we kept seeing that people were posting that they were getting like cornered up in like streets or like blocked off. And then that's when I started panicking. Like, what if like people can make it back home? Like, how are we just going to be like out here spectating through social media when we can be out there and like record or make, make a disturbance so they can let people go or anything that may be important at that time. But like, basically like it helped me know what was going on where and, and th at that exact time. So I think that's really important for um, these times as well to know where you can be safe, where you're not safe, who needs help, who, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's also a beautiful part of social media. Totally. Um, and I, I also really think that, you know, in, in the day and age that we're living in, you know, this modern technological era, um, you know, it's just, it's just best to use the tools and the resources that we have. And for, almost every single one of us, we have social media at our disposal and a perfect way to, you know, connect with, with everyone around us with just a click. So we should be using these, these things 
as our voices and spreading, you know, the messages that we want to send to everyone to change the world. But now moving on, when we come back from a short little audio clip, um, speaking of all the social media drama and everything popping on Twitter, when we come back, we will be speaking with a very special guest that recently has been using their Twitter and their social platform to speak up on the Black Lives Matter movement and how to address anti-Blackness ingrained within our communities. But don't forget that you are listening to WLPNLP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio. This is What's Up and Black Lives Matter, period. Hello, everybody. We're back. Yes, so soon. And now I'm with a very special guest. I'd like to introduce Gally, a college student at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign and an advocate for Chicago youth. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. Totally. I'm so glad that, you know, you could make it with us today. You know, con esta cuarentena, everybody's stuck at home, but, you know, Everybody's just a click away. And um, thank you so much for hopping on this little online call with us and coming on to, you know, use the the amazing voice that you have from what I've been, you know, like listening to and reading from your social platform um, and coming on here with us today um, to speak to people listening um, on, you know, things that really matter. So thank you so much for being here. And so I'd like to start talking about, you know, um, let's talk a bit about anti-Blackness. So to begin with, what what have you been observing recently from the Black Lives Matter movement? Okay, from my experience, something that I've seen a lot is that with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, um, we're very quick to say, like, this is a white people problem that um, we as POC should be standing with our black brothers and sisters and that we have that right too because we as POC can't be racist. This is something that I've heard a lot and it's completely false. And a lot of the time we as Latinx people don't acknowledge the racism, the act, the anti-blackness that is in within our own culture. We like to blame it on other people. We like to blame it on white people. And while it is a white people problem, it's our problem too, you know, like this, the anti-black sentiments are definitely prevalent in our culture. And, and what would, what are your thoughts on, you know, the division that we're seeing currently between these, these black and brown communities? I think the division to see it um, personally, especially in my communities, um, you know, especially with what's happening or what happened in Little Village and Pilsen and Cicero, the last week with like um, the brown people of these communities um, protecting their blocks, defending their blocks against black people or like looters. Um, I think the division is insane because when brown and black people divide, when we argue between ourselves, no one wins except white supremacists. And they love to see that, you know, a white supremacist loves to see us um, 
arguing with each other, fighting with each other, when in reality, we should really be with each other. We should be bonding together. We should realize that when Black people win, POC win too. That's such a, a huge, a huge thing to say and something that I think um, we're really thankful to, you know, have you here and all be able to hear and represent as, you know, POC and, you know, just be here for the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, talk about these important things and that, you know, it's it's not about like survival of the fittest or every man for himself. Like we're all in this together. And so moving on a bit to how the how social media and news outlets, you know, are broadcasting and documenting these kinds of of protests and riots and even looting. What are your thoughts on how the media is portraying the Black Lives Matter movement? I think the media is doing an awful job, especially um, the Spanish media. I was hearing um, what you guys were saying about stations like Telemundo and Univision. Um, it's no brainer that older folk in our communities have prejudices, have racial biases, because just listen to the news that they rely on. You know, they they have no problem televising, broadcasting, eluding, um, anti-black narratives. But, you know, why aren't they talking about how the same people who are protesting are also rebuilding their communities? There's community cleanups. There's grocery pairing um, programs. Local restaurants are feeding kids, you know, and that's not um, something that they're focusing on. Another thing is um, Latinx influencers who have platforms, who have millions of followers, who can be using these platforms to good, to good. We never talk about these things because they're uncomfortable, because they're scary. You know, we'd rather rely on stereotypes that like, oh, we love eating hot Cheetos, we love drama, we love dancing. And it's like, sure, that's us, I guess. But when are we going to talk about like the bad things about our community? Because there certainly are some, and I think it's time we address them. It's gone far enough. Totally, totally. And, you know, I can totally agree with you on how we're seeing all of these Spanish media outlets, you know, put, um, express this kind of constant bias and uh, in a way like contorting this Black Lives Matter narrative and so much focus on, you know, the looting of small local businesses in the communities rather than the racism. And so what, um, you know, recently um, you had um, talked about, about, you know, the, the microaggressions that, you know, are, we, we see within our community as Hispanic people, as, as Latino people. And so what, what, is, what does it mean to you to be anti-racist rather than remaining non-racist? Like, how is remaining silent contributing to the, to the issue? Well, it's very easy. Um, the first thing I want to say is that to be silent is to be violent um, because it is very easy for me to say, you know, I'm not racist. I don't say the N-word. I don't have these racial biases. I don't have any prejudice. But if my family and my friends do, if my friends are like saying the N-word, if my friends say something like, well, I don't like black people and this is why. And I witness it and I remain silent. Like, am I an ally really? You know, like then what I stand for, then what I value is meaningless because I could be using 
my voice to stand up for people who matter. Um, I think a lot of the time we don't want to have these conversations because they're scary, they're uncomfortable. A lot of the time it creates tension. Um, you might fight with your family members, you might fight with your friends, but we have to understand that it's the right thing to do because it's not enough for me to say I'm not racist if the people I associate with aren't actively trying to be anti-racist as I am. Yes. And in a recent YouTube video that you made, um, you talked a lot about, you know, like I mentioned, the microaggressions and the the anti anti-blackness that's so engraved in the in the Hispanic and uh, Latinx community that, you know, sometimes we don't even realize. Could you give us some examples similar to the ones that you mentioned in um, on social media and in the YouTube video where we see those kinds of things happening in our community and we kind of turn a blind eye to it? Yes, for sure. Um, something that I've noticed, you know, we could be in the car and let's say a black person walks by, you know, a lot of us will automatically lock our car or something like that. And it's an instinct. It's like second nature to a lot of us. And we should be asking ourselves, why? Why do we think that way? Another thing is when we talk about Latinx people, we immediately assume like brown people. When the reality is that um, Latinx isn't a race, you know, and that's why there's black people who are Latinx. There's Afro-Latinos. We don't acknowledge them. Um, I can speak about um, Mexico because I'm Mexican. So, I mean, I can't really speak about other Latin American countries. But um, a lot of people don't know that Mexico's second president was an, a black indigenous man who helped um, establish independence from our colonizers, who helped abolish slavery. Mexico didn't even acknowledge that we had Afro-Mexicans until very recently. So we like to pretend that this isn't an issue for us when it obviously is Mexicans. We love, we love white Mexicans. We love Mexicans who have fair skin and blue and green eyes. We, when a baby's born and they're light skin, like los chulianos, you know, like we think they're so beautiful. But when a baby is born with brown skin, we don't give them that same treatment. So this comes like automatically to us. And it's time we should ask why. Every time you maybe do something that's a little racially biased, you do something, you should ask yourself, what are the intentions behind it? Because whether we know it or not, our prejudice and our racial biases are contributing to the murder of Black people. And do you believe that like it's important for for youth and, and these communities to call out racism uh, racist beliefs and habits within our families and friends and how can we as youth you know initiate and refocus our conversations of race with and and talk about these things with our loved ones of course it's something we definitely have to do we have to challenge our family and friends on their anti-black language behaviors and ideals because a lot of the time we let it slide because maybe the racism isn't so blatant it's a little like subliminal, but it's still racism. Even if it's like a microaggression, we should challenge it. Um, we should let our family and friends know that we're not doing this out of hate. In fact, we're doing this out of love because um, colonizers, our, our oppressors, you know, we were all colonized by the same people. They would love to see us hate black people. 
and it's time we challenge those ideals. Um, we should tell our family and friends that when we stand with Black people, when we stand with our Black brothers, sisters, non-binary folk, we win as well. Um, another thing is to educate ourselves. We can't rely on Black people to tell us this is wrong. They've done it for so long, and a lot of us still aren't listening. There are so many, especially like online, there are so many free resources, Black literature. We should be listening to Black voices. And yeah, like ask ourselves where our information comes from and why um, it's not coming from Black people. Going back to what you said about the media, um, even the Hispanic media, why don't they look like us? We're listening to people and they don't look like us. So it's time we should look to look into ourselves, look into others, listen, and genuinely listen. Um, it's okay to like critique one of another's, but um, we can be called out and still learn from it. We shouldn't take it so personally. If someone calls us out, we should look at it as a way to learn, to grow, to get better. Yeah. And so my last question to you would be, why should we unite and support movements that are against um, systematic racism and injustice, you know, instead of dividing ourselves and with that using our social platforms and our voices exactly how you are to, you know, to do these things? We should um, because it benefits others and it benefits ourselves. I know that sounds like a little selfish to say, like, we're doing this because it's good for us. But I mean, it's the truth. Um, I was at the protests last weekend, and something that I heard a lot was um, la migra, la policia, la misma porteria. And it's true. We as Latinos, we love to talk about, we love to condemn ICE. But we don't have that same, same energy when it comes to police brutality affecting um, Black people. We have to realize that it's the same thing. Um, there are the same oppressors, like the same people that colonized us. We have the same oppressors. Yes, we experience it differently, but we are, but we are experiencing it. So that's why we should acknowledge that um, it's not just for Black people. It's also for us. But at the same time, let's not co-opt the movement. Um, let's not make it about ourselves. It's not okay to bring up like the brutality at the border when people are talking about police brutality. But something that like does make me happy that I do remember is that um, you know, once this is all over, once we get our justice, because we will, ICE is next. And I think they know that and I think they're scared. So Gally, that was um, the end for are my questions is there any um can you give us some of your social medias or where we can find you um for sure my instagram and twitter are both gally mendez g-a-l-l-y-m-n-d-z and i just made a youtube that's what um you reached out to me about i think my youtube channel is called that gal but it's also linked on like, my instagram and twitter but yeah thank you so much for the opportunity i think um what you guys are doing is great and I love seeing black and brown voices being amplified. No, thank you so much for being here today and joining us on important conversations, you know, that affect us all and are important to us all. Thank you so much for that, Emmanuel, of our show, our three-hour show. Woo! Oh, my God, y'all. Can you believe it's our first ever three-hour show? This is crazy. Ooh. We but are <laughs> But, you know, it's for, it's for a cause, like, so so important that it's like 
definitely three hours is not enough time to sum up every single person's opinions, every person's voices, but we tried to do our best to to highlight a bunch of different different aspects that are affecting the bigger the bigger situation. Yes, this show was definitely well needed and you know put together in a small amount of time, but I'm I'm very thankful for all the voices that were on here and that they feel like hopefully our listeners have something to take from this as well. Um, you know, how we mentioned everybody is staying active in different ways. And I want to encourage our listeners to stay active in any way that you can. Check up on people, check up on yourself, and continue the movement because even after this, it doesn't stop. We have to keep educating ourselves. We have to want to keep driving this movement because when we stop, when we slow down, that's when, you know, other people want to get back up and oppress us again. So let's just not forget the momentum. Yeah, I totally agree. And just going on with um, like everyone has their part. If you can't protest or you don't have the resources to donate, there's always anything that you can do, either voicing your opinion on social media, making people more aware of it. Or if, if you're an artist, you can also do commissions for it and then just donate it to any Black Lives Matter organizations. Everyone has a part and no part is valued less just if you're actually participating and helping people out and so it's important for this movement to actually be like have a solution and have like this change that everyone's like wants dearly um also just to thank all the youth that have spoken up and have acted out and to create change for other beautiful people that use their voices and platforms to participate in different in different ways. Yes, and thank you to everyone that joined us today to listen, and thank you to the entire team of WhatsApp and Novakali and Lumpin Radio um, for helping us have this platform to come together and talk about what needs to be talked about. So let's go ahead and, you know, as we're wrapping up the show, we're still commemorating lives, so we're gonna go ahead and take a moment of silence to honor the lives that have been taken, the black lives that have been taken by the police. So let's go ahead and silence ourselves. Once again, thank you all so much for listening and being using your voices at a time like now. And don't forget that you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, broadcasting from of our homes. This has been What's Up by Yolo Kali and Black Lives Matter, period.